Mic check, mic check. This is Coach Steve. You are listening to the Cornerstone Athletics Podcast. I am very excited to be here with you. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Today, it won't be long. We're going to get straight into the work and get this thing cooking. So for my folks that are um, looking at this on, you know, our page, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it might be, folks listening to it from uh, the audio, just another blessed day, man. Another day to be here, another day to be um, working to, man, just have some success out here. Have some success with these kids in sports uh, on and off the court to have them uh, prepared for life and uh, winning in a major way, in the most major way. And uh, obviously bringing God into the process as well. So we're here today. We're going to follow up a little bit on the conversation that we had last episode, which I hope was fruitful for you. If you haven't listened to it, you know, we did a little two part deal where we were talking about, um, how would I say, it? building resilient athletes uh, and in paraphrasing it, essentially addressing this conversation about this era, this generation of kids, athletes being soft. Now. I'm going to say it if you haven't listened to that, so you can just be caught up to speed. If the kids are soft, it's our fault. It's parents, it's our fault as coaches, uh, and that collaborative unit or that unit that should be collaborative. Okay? And you'll hear me say this over and over again as I have these conversations. But, you know, if kids are soft, they're soft because of us. That's on us as the leaders that, uh, are raising the kids that are holding the kids to the expectations that are, you know, helping them develop into hopefully productive, successful humans. So that was uh, a quick summary of those two episodes. The last episode or part two of that episode was where I was diving a little bit more in detail into things that my wife and I have done with our children to set the stage, build the foundation for whatever sex success that they're going to have uh, in their life, in sport, in the classroom, or whatever. And um, today, I'm going to follow up on that. <clears throat> uh, I've had some folks, some more folks tuning in, which is a blessing. Thank you very much for tuning into this. And uh, they were asking, you know, like, how do you set the expectations? Like, what do you base your expectations on and you know I'm always so excited to have some dialogue with folks because that to me is how you learn things I've said this before whether it was on this podcast or my other podcast the success code um, there's only two ways you come by wisdom you either get it from someone who has it or you learn it the hard way. You get it the hard way by going through something, right? So <clears throat> anytime somebody wants to have a conversation about being better, um, their kid being better, I get really excited about it. So this conversation, uh, again, around the expectations was really cool. And we really were able to dive into, you know, some of the more intricate things that I don't necessarily think about, but we just 
you know, you just kind of do it or you, it doesn't come to your mind until someone asks you directly. So when it comes down to how we set our expectations, what we set the expectations on, it's really simple, really simple, folks. And it's really important. Um, we have high expectations for our children in anything that they do. And the reason we have the high expectations of our children in anything that they do is because if we're doing something again, and I, and I may have said this before, but I want to really try to get a little more specific and concrete. If we are doing something, we are using the commodity that we can't get back. Time. The most important thing, we can't get back time. So if you're going to do something, the only way it will be worth it, the only way there um, is no chance of regret, there is no chance of any stuff like that is when you're bringing everything you have to the table in um, whatever you're doing. And that is essentially the foundation that our expectation is built on. Um, and I'm going to go into part two. It's a two-part deal, but that's where it starts. We have been given a limited amount of time on earth. So whatever you're going to spend your time doing, let's do our best to bring our best as consistently and often as possible. The end. So as me and my wife thought about that, the reason we, we, we worked on that was in reality, you know, one, that's kind of what we know and that's how we grew up. It's just, you know, working hard, trying to be our best and all of that. But for our children, Wanting them to grow up with an expectation, a similar expectation that is universal in nature. It doesn't, you're going to get the same lesson over and over again, no matter what you're doing. You've heard me talk about the importance in our house, about our attitude and our effort. But like when we have that universal expectation of our children to bring absolutely everything they have to the equation every single time. And let me say, let me be a little more clear. Not every single time as in like you don't ever have an off day or anything like that, but like you're striving to be your best every day. Um, Cause that we can raise them under that expectation in anything that they do in school in sport, in our family, in our house. Right. Uh, in our relationships, in serving, it, like I mean, really, man, anything that they do, they're getting that double dose of that expectation. So what starts to happen is it starts to get ingrained into their DNA. You know, kind of being dramatic a little, it starts to get ingrained in who they are. They know what we expect from school. They know what we expect when we go to practice or when we compete. They know what we expect in house. And while the language might change just a little bit, hey, are you being the best sister you could possibly be? Hey, are you being the best teammate you could be? Are you being the best student that you could be? The lesson, the expectation is the same. And then they begin to slowly over 
time adopt that and then that becomes their own expectation that becomes their own way of living and that's critically important to us because guess what said it once i've said it a million times when they hang the jersey up and they will at some point it's inevitable you know they're going to hang it up they're going to be able to carry that expectation into their house that they create, uh, their profession, their career that they create um, with their children, should they have them all the way down the line, right? And that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important to have that expectation. The other part, and I should have said this one first, maybe, but forgive me, is for us being people of faith, the gifts that we've been given, the, the, the intelligence, the skills, the you name it, all of it, we've been given to honor God. So even if you don't want to hear what mom and dad have to say, we're not going to waste these gifts and these talents and these things that we've been given half-assing it kind of doing it, kind of not doing it. You know, uh, part of what we do is to honor God and thank him for the gifts that he's given us. And if that just happens to be athletic gifts, great. If that's intelligence, uh, we're going to do the best we can do in school. Again, we've been given the time. We're going to maximize the time. We're going to make the most of the time we have while we're here. Because as things change and life changes, we just don't want to go through any regrets. Um, far too often you talk with athletes who wish they would have done this, or I wish I would have known this, or someone should have told me this, all of those things. I, not in the, uh, I say detrimental way, but the reason um, I coach with the passion I coach with and the urgency I coach with is because. It took me some time to grow into some of the opportunities that I had, meaning uh, I always felt like I was just kind of late to the party a little bit, whether it was personal distractions, whether it was I wasn't processing or understanding something uh, well enough to uh, maximize an opportunity I had. Uh, that urgency comes from, man, if I Yep, I, I got it late, but because I still got it, I carry it into my life now uh, every single day. So that's the real depth of why those expectations or how those expectations are set. I want to take you to the importance, right? If you're listening to this and you might be thinking, well, you know, the expectation is winning or the expectation is this or the expectation or there aren't any expectations. So we got the kids just kind of figuring it out or doing whatever they want. And we're kind of leaving it to life or the game to bring them into some kind of wisdom. Um, I want to um, bring a little nugget of information to you all as well so you can understand why these foundational expectations are critical for every kid, right? Um, whether your kid is doing the 
rec league thing, whether your kid is doing the club thing, and that club thing is a beast. I love it, but it's a beast. Here's another reason why you want to set expectations with a firm foundation in, in life more than um, just sport. Just, you know, hey, you work hard over, you know, maybe maybe your expectations are misunderstood. Maybe they're not clear. Maybe you don't, you know, uh, your, you know, you yourself, you're focusing or putting too much stock in something that is fleeting, meaning um, winning is fleeting because at the end of the day, you can't guarantee victories. You can, you can do a lot to put yourself in a position to win, but you can't guarantee a victory, right? So um, putting all your eggs in the winning basket as an expectation is risky, um, as I've said before. So setting these kind of universal lifestyle, you know, character-based expectations to me is a, is a better bet. So let's go here because this is something that's known that a lot of people, well, I got to be more careful about saying what's known because there's a lot of people who don't know a lot about a lot, right? <laughs> so um, the reality is when we're on this pursuit, okay, and, and I look at a lot of circumstances as kind of a spectrum-based things, meaning, you know, we can we can create a spectrum of things, any subject you want, and we can kind of have outliers, right? There's going to be people on the left, there's going to be people on the right, and there's people somewhere in the middle transitioning, you know, towards one end or the other. And, you know, there's a lot of ambition and hope and, you know, man, maybe I'll make it, maybe I can. And, you know, sometimes it's foolish, sometimes it's not, but this hope of climbing that athletic ladder as high as you can, uh, playing in college, playing in the, the professional league, uh, if your sport has one and all of that kind of stuff. So let's get hard line on some things. And these numbers might be a little bit old. You may have heard some of this stuff before. I think it's always good to have these sobering realities because if they exist in any arena, it's sport, right? The sobering reality that there's a good chance there's always somebody out there better than you. That's a sobering reality that I think honestly is positive in a way because you know, a little humility goes a long way in an athlete's life, right? You know, keeps them focused, keeps them working and all of those things. But sobering reality is when we're talking about making this, you know, monumental climb to get to college or the pros, just looked up some stats. These might be old, but I promise you, even if they are old numbers, um, they're not going to be too far off from accurate. Okay. Because the reality is there's a very small percentage of high school athletes that get to go to college. And then, therefore, the pros in, in many, many cases. Okay. So when we're looking at this, I'm just going to rattle some stuff off to you. You know, about 7.6% of high school baseball players go, to, go on to play in college. About 78 of high school basketball players compete in college. Roughly 5.7% of high school football players continue to play in college. 8.9% of soccer players in high school compete at the collegiate level. Um, volleyball players, 
about 3.7%. And then uh, the last the last stat that you know this has is um, approximately 5.6% of high school softball players playing college. So you don't have to be a mathematical genius to see the picture there. But, I mean, we're talking anywhere from 91 to 97-ish percent, 96% of high school athletes do not go on to play in college. Staggering. Now, the reason I say this, and the reason I put that out there in front of you, parents, um, is and coaches, you know, leaders, is because the expectations you set have to be something that can be taken away from the game when the game ends. I'm, I'm going to say it again. The expectations you set, the, the values you instill, the principles you teach your kids, your athletes, has to be something that can be taken and applied beyond the arena of sport because most of them are not going to go on to play in college. And even a smaller percentage, I'll never forget this conversation. We had, um, I was at Mizzou at the time and they, uh, we would have these player personnel folks come in from the NFL. And I believe this gentleman was from the chiefs or excuse me, well, I know the Chiefs guy came in, but this guy was from the Vikings. And he put up a chart. And the first chart, which was really impactful, <laughs> is, you know, uh, talking about how much money you make and how much you get taxed so you can understand how much money you really make or really don't make, whichever way you want to look at it, right? He had this PowerPoint. He was talking about that. You know, let's say you got five million dollars, you know, your salary, five mil, and you are, you know, whatever. You're on the roster, you got the five mil, you're gonna be taxed, and I'm and I'm pretty sure I believe it was damn near close to fifty percent. It was a lot. This is how much you really make with five million. This is how much you really make with X, you know, three million, so on and so forth. So he was painting this picture of, you know, yes. You know, you see these big contracts and all of this, and it's great and it's fun, but where a lot of young people mess up is they think this money lasts forever, and they realize very, very um, painfully that the money you thought you were making isn't actually what you're taking home. And that's a part of the reason I, I do what I do is because that information is so powerful. You know, when you get that information, you can actually use that to better organize and plan yourself but that was impactful the other slide he had was talking about how many of us in college are going to go on to play in the nfl and this was you know i'm old now so this was you know over you know about 15 years ago so for, forgive me but the concept is there if the numbers are a little off but again i was a football guy so i'm in that 5.7 percent of high school football players that get to go to college and in reality, out of that 5.7, there's about 3%, let's say 1 to 3, but it's real, let's just say 3% for the sake of it, go on to go to, to the NFL, the professional rank. And then from there, 
it's like 1% of the guys would actually stay in the league. And, and it may have changed since then, but like that four year window, right? So out of that 3% that go, there's only like 1% that actually stay in the league and have like a career career. And then from there, you know, like the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Mahomes you know, even though he's still early in his climb, those kind of guys, you know, are like the 1% of the 1%, the ones that actually have a bona fide, legitimate, long-standing career in the NFL. And it's, it's startling when you actually hear it and get the information. But the truth of the matter is you have to get the information. There's so much opportunity in the world of sport. It serves you better to have the knowledge, the wisdom, to navigate it to the best of your ability than to just run in on hopes and dreams and, you know, maybe something good happens. That's why the expectations way back, let's reverse, way, 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 way back. Those universal expectations, no matter what your kid athlete is doing, is important. You know, for me, my career ended. Career-ending injury my senior year. And while that was painful, while that sucked, while it hurt, and I had to go through a bunch of surgeries and all of this kind of stuff, soon as I got back on my feet, I was like, what's next? Where do I go from here? What do I get into? How can I go? What can I go have success in? Right. I wasn't, I wasn't just working hard in sport. I wasn't just, you know, like locked in on that. I was brought up to go trailblaze, go conquer, go do well in whatever it is I could do. That's the power of universal expectation. No matter where you go, I am expecting you to show up like this. A coach's expectations are powerful. A parent's expectations are even more powerful. Because you are my child, this is what I expect. Boom. I want you to act this way. I want you to be mindful that you represent our family. I want you to be mindful that you represent the Lord. I want you to be blah, 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 blah. That travels. That goes sport. That goes in the classroom. That goes in our family. That goes out in public. Blah, blah, blah. That's the power of it. It takes the confusion. It takes any misunderstanding out. No matter what is going on around you. No matter sky is falling, whatever it might be, because you come from our house, this is what we expect. You show up to practice. We work hard. You're coachable. Insert whatever. And that really forces, again, you to look in the mirror as a leader. Have you had that conversation with your athlete? Have you had that conversation? Have you laid that out clearly for them to know I'm not just here doing whatever I want to do. I'm representing my family. Uh, if, if you're a believer, I'm representing the Lord. Uh, 
you know, coaches. I'm representing the organization, all of that kind of stuff. Articulate it, make it clear. Take that burden, take that confusion off. Help your athlete have the success that they're capable of and, you know, more success ultimately. Because like I say, that stuff starts to stick to the bone and they carry that with them. This high school, great. Once high school is done, they still are pursuing it. Um, if it's college, they get to college, they're still pursuing it. When college is over, they're, they're still pursuing in life. And that's important. So I just wanted to put that on y'all. Like I said, this has been um, cool to have these conversations with folks that listen to the podcast and reach out. So if you want to dive into that, my email is there. Reach out, find me on Facebook, whatever it might be. We can chop it up. We can talk because this stuff is important. You know, like I said, uh, these kids are subject to the leadership that they have or don't have. So, you know, um, you can't have enough conversations about this stuff and, 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 you know, being able to impact these young people uh, in positive, productive ways. So this is Coach Steve with the Cornerstone Athletics Podcast. We'll talk soon.